This is the Falcon Twin Podcast from falcontwin.com. I'm Brendan, the pod pinhead, and this is commentary for pages 351 to 356. And also a little update on what's been going on since it's been two weeks since you guys had a podcast. I'm recording this on my new Mac Mini. Thank you, HP, for switching me to the Mac so that I can start doing all my work on that. I'm going to try to make an effort to switch to the Mac so that I can leave my PC for games. And if it dies again, then I won't really have to care all that much because, frankly, HP can suck my balls. And so I'm recording this in GarageBand for the first time. Actually, you know, you hear the music that rolls at the beginning of the podcast. This is the first time that I've ever actually heard it while I was recording, because normally I just record quietly without the music in the background and then toss the music in later in Audacity. I haven't really spent much time with GarageBand, probably less than 15 minutes total, so this should be an interesting thing. It has the automatic ducking feature, which I think is really cool, and we'll see how that all works. And then I'll give you a little bit of an update after I'm done talking about the pages. So, page 351. His name is Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. little gratuitous Fight Club reference that I just decided to do because the guy was fat, and by a sort of happy coincidence, he ended up looking a little bit like Meatloaf in Fight Club. Not that much, but a little bit. And so I just went for the Fight Club reference because, hey... You know, Fight Club reference is always the right thing to do. So Tresca's been up walking all night long, still trying to believe that maybe Mika was out hiding in town somewhere, which of course we all know she wasn't. Tresca knows she probably wasn't either, but, you know, what else is she going to do? She's certainly not going to go out and try to find the Durad or something. That's not the wisest course of action. So she's just been up all night looking for Mika. You can see in her eyes, particularly in the first, actually I think in most of the panels, that she's got sort of little bags underneath her eyes, which I think actually did a fairly good job of conveying the fact that she was tired. The backgrounds on this page were sort of not so great, and I don't think the backgrounds have really been all that good for a while, and I guess I'm the only person to blame for that. If you look back at some of the backgrounds in, say, Near Mara, I think they were a lot stronger than some of the ones now. My real goal was to have the backgrounds behind Tresca in the second, the fourth, the sixth, and the final panel on the page look like they were just in complete silhouette, and they kind of do. But for whatever reason, whenever I've tried to do that, and the idea is that the sun is going to be rising behind where Tresca is in these in those panels. The problem is that just whenever I try to do silhouettes, it always ends up looking very bad. It doesn't look like it belongs there. And so I don't know if there's some sort of trick to doing those that I just don't understand or what, but I always end up trying to shade them in a little bit, and it never looks all that good. And the one thing that I've noticed, actually, in the pages that I've been doing in Near Tendra is that if I throw snow into the page, it actually seems to make the page look a whole lot better, because I guess it kind of distracts your eyes from all the flaws, which is kind of nice. So anyway, here we have the owner of this little restaurant that uh, invites Tresca in. This is a person that Tresca knows, totally unimportant character to the story, but the idea is that they kind of know each other. And so he's about to open up the store. This is, of course, very early in the morning before dawn. And so he invites Tresca in just to have something to eat. And he was probably going to talk to her and see if he could coax some information out of her to see why she's upset, but probably unsuccessfully. Page 352, a likely story. So here's Tresca eating her pancakes very slowly and a dude in the background in silhouette. I did the silhouette thing again, trying to sort of portray the idea that there's light coming from behind what's portrayed in the scene, and also because it wasn't really important that you see what the characters look like. You'll see what the the dude who saw Mika looks like in the next page, but what the characters these guys look like wasn't really tremendously important. So there's Tresca having her pancakes and her coffee, which apparently she hasn't had any of. And uh, actually, I don't know, some of the silhouettes ended up looking kind of nice. They look very, very bright, especially on the third panel where you see Tresca's hair, and it's just 
blown way out, which actually looks sort of sort of intense, which I, I like. And there's also a little nice touch, especially in the last panel, where you can see the sunlight streaming in, and you can also see the light reflecting off little particles of dust in the air. And that was a little nice touch that I put in, and I'm glad that someone actually noticed that on the forums, which probably means that I made it a little bit too obvious, but there you go. And this was just sort of an, a scene that really connected what happened with Tresca to what happened with Mika, and so now there's going to be a reason for them to meet. I could have just had Tresca find Mika wandering in the street, but it would have, I think it works better this way, especially to sort of convey the idea that people saw Mika. Page 353, Girl Hunt, which is obviously just a stupid play on Manhunt. And so Tresca interrupts into their conversation and asks what's going on. And Bolts is a fairly straightforward page, not too much to note. There is also, you can see if you look, you can see more of the sparkles of the dust in the background. And someone said that it wasn't Mika a little bit shorter than Tresca. Yeah, Mika is a little bit shorter than Tresca, because the guy says the girl was about Tresca's height. But Tresca is six foot eight, not six foot eight, five foot eight, and Mika is five foot six. And so from a distance, they're going to look about the same height. And another reference to Mika being sort of funny looking, which I don't know, it's, it's kind of getting actually sort of tired for me. But it, it's, I think it's going to be the situation where it gets tired and then you keep pushing and it becomes funny again, kind of like that stupid Leroy Jenkins thing with WoW, where it was funny and then it was stupid and then it kind of became funny again because it was so ridiculously overused. Page 354. That happens a lot around here. That's a reference to the mummy. At one point in the mummy, I think Evie's about to open a book and she does, and then there's this big rush of wind that goes, and you hear like a sort of ghostly scream underneath all that noise, and everyone looks around really startled and suspicious, and Rick goes, that happens a lot around here. And so we come full circle, and as like in chapter two, when Mika collapsed into Tresca's arms again, the same sort of thing happening here, where Mika collapses into Tresca's arms, and actually you could even say it's almost like that scene in chapter four, I think, maybe it was chapter three where Mika collapsed into Tresca's arms after they had been on their little run while they were on their way to near Candela. So anyways, this is an interesting scene. And actually, some of the backgrounds here are, are some of the better ones I've done in a little while. And you can see that there are a lot of people who've seen what happened with Mika walking down the street covered in blood, dragging her sword along. You can't actually see it very well at all, but in panel 3, Mika's actually holding her sword in her right hand, uh, sort of in a reverse grip. And so a lot of people saw what happened, and so that'll be a factor a little bit later on. Here's Tresca running in, of course, with... She forgot to grab her coat and, and her long pants and everything when she went out to find Mika, so she's in her lightweight outfit, which means she's probably pretty cold, but I don't think she cares all that much. And so Mika's finally made it back to town, and, of course, being completely exhausted, but she managed to make it. She was heading towards Tresca's house, and Tresca managed to find her sooner. And so Mika collapses into Tresca's arms, page 355, one follows the other. Now this page and the next page, you should probably pay attention to the titles because they are actually sort of relevant to the story. So this is, again, much like the last one, the last time I did it in Chapter 2, this is a scene that gives you a little bit of exposition and also just serves as a transition between the previous scene and the next scene where, you know, it would be ridiculous to have Mika collapse into Tresca's arms and then, boom, wake up in Tresca's house the very next page. So a little bit of a spacer between those. And so in this case, in the last one, it was kind of ambiguous who it was sitting back-to-back -back with Mika, and that was intentional. In this case, it's very obviously Sydney. And so I don't think I want to explain exactly what's going on in the dialogue too much, but, but the dialogue does have a meaning, and it's in very, very vague terms about why you should not 
deal with other people at all if you can avoid it because it always ends up being a problem for you and for those other people. Page 356, the one who went before leads, actually, which is sort of a restatement of the title from the last page, uh, although it does give you actually a little bit more information too as well if you read into it very carefully. And so Mika asks what they're supposed to do, and Sydney says, idiot, you're not supposed to do anything. How many times do I have to tell you this? And then there's a, a reference here in the second-to-last panel where Sydney says, got it in one. That's a reference to Babylon 5, a very totally, no one would have ever gotten that reference if I had mentioned it, but there's a point where Alfred Bester, played by Walter Koenig, otherwise known as Chekhov, says, got it in one, Mr. Garibaldi. He's one of my favorite characters in that show, and so that's what that's a reference to. I would have, I would have, I almost thought about putting Mr. Garibaldi in the title of the page, but I think that people wouldn't have made any sense of it at all, so I decided to leave that, and moreover, it wasn't really suited for the strip, so away that goes. Anyway, the update that I promised, the schedule I said in the last podcast that I was going to do three pages a week all the way through August, and I've changed my mind on that because I really had absolutely no idea how completely devastating that was going to be to my schedule because it really makes it impossible to do anything at all. So I'm not going to be doing that. I am going to do three pages a week for the rest of this month, July, and then I'm going to go back to two pages a week next month and then just continue doing two pages a week for as long as I can. I'm also going to try to do some new podcast stuff. Dave Gray from the Global Geek Podcast told me, uh, he suggested that I do some sort of graphic design kind of stuff. And even though I don't know a lot about graphic design, I think he was actually onto something. He pointed me towards some sites that would be good to check out and talk about on the podcast, which I might do. And also, one of the nice things about that is that it's really a topic that doesn't get covered all that much in podcasts compared to the other things that I'm involved in, which are pretty much video games and podcasting. And, you know, I'm pretty sure that there are already people talking about video games and podcasting in podcasts. So, besides the Falcon Twin webcomic stuff, which also doesn't have a huge market. So, the, the graphic design thing, I think I'm going to check out. That seems like it's an interesting possibility. And I'm going to probably review a piece of software first, which I don't know if I'm going to be able to review it on the next podcast or maybe the podcast after. But that's what I'm going to shoot for. And it should be, it's a little interesting piece of software that would be fairly inexpensive, so you should probably be able to check it out, even if you're not uh, not a huge graphics-slash-art kind of person. Anyway, that's it. Kind of a short episode this time, as promised, and I'm still sort of looking at the GarageBand interface and not 100% sure what the hell is going on, but I'm sure I'll make sense of it somehow, although it doesn't seem like it's going to be as wonderful for editing as Audacity was, because Audacity actually had a fairly slick interface for editing. But I guess I'm going to just have to deal with this for now. Anyway, that's it. If you have questions or comments, you can email them to me via the link on the homepage. You can send me an audio message with the Send Me an Audio button on the podcast page, or you can post something on the forums. Some of the music provided tonight was from the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com. So there.